I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be discussing the news that broke this morning with regards to Arsenal's interest in Wolverhampton Wanderers star Pedro Neto. We're going to be getting into all of that. I'll be sharing my thoughts on the player, my thoughts on the idea of Arsenal breaking the bank to sign Pedro Neto. It very much feels as though we're going to have to do that. Wolverhampton Wanderers, they haven't been willing to sell players cheap, rightly so. Why should they um, from their perspective? So you'd imagine that for Arsenal to get this deal over the line, they're going to have to fork out quite a bit of money. And I have just got some, I don't want to call them negative points about Pedro Neto, but I would probably class them as red flags, things that I think we should probably look into in a bit more detail, things I think we should probably consider, but not necessarily things that make me think, we shouldn't go anywhere near this player. But there are things when you study Pedro Neto, when you look into Pedro Neto a little bit deeper, that don't totally convince me. And uh, for those of you that say I'm a club man and I don't say anything uh, in um, uh, against what the club are seemingly planning to do, well, there you go. Here it is. Um, good point in the chat. Perfect way of, um, of summing up my concerns by describing them, I guess, as hesitations. That, that, that's a better way of putting it, I think. Yeah, well done. Um, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, okay, let's get into it then. Let's dive straight into the Pedro Neto talk. So first of all, the first point at which I arrive when I think about this and when I try and process this in my mind is how desperate is the need for a winger? And I talked about this the other day. I said that in my personal opinion, I didn't think that Arsenal would be desperate for a winger. I didn't think Arsenal would be looking to move for a winger unless they felt categorically 100% that it was the right thing to do. It was the right player and there was too good an opportunity to miss. And the reasons for that, just to quickly recap, are because whoever comes in is probably going to play second fiddle to Bukayo Saka anyway. Whoever comes in is um, going to be in and among the likes of Marquinhos, who will come up through the ranks. Isn't quite there yet, I would say, but he's someone that I'm sure Arsenal consider as a long-term solution in that position. Fabio Vieira, who the club have spent a lot of money on, I think is going to play a lot of his football from the right flank, as opposed to in the centre of midfield, especially at the start. I really do think that. And then you think about Smith Rowe, who isn't currently in the starting eleven at the moment, who could play from the right. You think about Martinelli, could play from the right. Gabriel Jesus could play from the right. Eddie Nketiah could play from the right if things got desperate. So you look at that and you think, is the need as great as some people see it? Is the need greater, for example, than that of bringing in a centre midfielder? I don't think so. I would rather Arsenal go out and bring in a more able cover for Thomas Partey than they go and break the bank on a winger. That's my personal opinion. But clearly, clearly, a winger is something that Arsenal as a football club have right at the top of their priority list. The links have been there all summer. We continue to hear about them. We've been linked with a number of players. And when a report comes from David Ornstein, there's usually something in it. OK, there's no smoke without fire. 
Arsenal clearly do have an interest in Pedro Neto. The question is, will they be able to get this deal done? And I'm doubtful about that at this current moment, given the current state of play, given what we currently know. And we'll get into all of that in a little bit more detail. Before I continue, though, just going to address uh, a couple of comments that I need to. Uh, King Musa says, uh, no 90 min show today. No, we've postponed it until tomorrow because we thought we needed really to capture uh, tonight's relegation six-pointer uh, in our weekend review. So we're going to do the show tomorrow at 11am live in the studio. Join us, some great guests on the panel. Uh, so make sure you come and join us for that. But that's why there is no 90-min show today because of that big clash tonight. It didn't make sense to record it and then arguably the game that's probably going to provide the biggest talking points was still to come. So yeah, we've we've decided to do that. So we'll be live on there tomorrow. So, yeah, going back to my point about the need for a winger. Is it a desperate need? I don't think it's a desperate need. Is it something that I'd quite like? Yes, it is. And Mikel Arteta spoke, didn't he, after the Bournemouth game about the fact that the club know that they're a little bit short of firepower was the term he used and that they'd be looking to, to, uh, to add. They'd be looking to help in that area. They'd be looking to improve in that area. But here's where I've got a bit of an issue or here's one of my red flags when it comes to Pedro Neto. You talk about firepower. You talk about the need to add that. Does he actually bring firepower to the table in his current form? We're talking about a guy who's played 76 times in the Premier League and has managed nine goals to date in the competition. Ten assists. I accept that at certain points, not all that often, but at points he's had to play as a wing back in Wolves' system, which is an ideal for him. He's certainly more of a winger to me. And actually, I would argue that he can play from the left and he can play from the right and he could play, if needs be, in behind the striker as well. So there's versatility with Pedro Neto, which is something that we've seen is right at the top of Mikel Arteta's priority list this summer. He also ticks the boxes in terms of the fact that he has potential, that he um, could potentially have a big sell-on value in the future, which I know fans don't want to hear that, but that is certainly something Arsenal consider nowadays when sanctioning big money deals for players. So in that sense, from a profile perspective, he fits. But for those of you that say he plays for Wolves, that's why his outputs are not quite where they need to be. You look at players like I don't know, Wilfred Zaha, Rafinha, who played in sides that weren't exactly pulling up trees last season and still managed to produce outputs very, very regularly, who still managed to impact games very, very regularly. I'm not saying that this means that you should bin the idea of signing Pedro Neto or that this categorically means he's not a good player and someone Arsenal should steer well clear of. All I am saying is that when I did my sort of breakdown and my assessment around this this morning when I first woke up and I sat down and I broke it all down and I wrote a piece which is going to be on the 90 min website at some point um, when the editors get around to it. I couldn't help but notice that for a player that we're hearing is going to cost us more than 40, maybe even 50 million pounds if we're going to actually move forward with this, they are a little bit underwhelming his outputs. There's no question about that. It's fact. Nine Premier League goals in 76 appearances, 10 assists with that as well. It's not enough, really. It's not enough for someone to say this guy 
is definitely 100% worth 40, 50 million pounds. And so you are buying a player based on his potential. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to take the gamble. Sometimes you have to take the risk. Sometimes you have to take that leap of faith and, and it can work out and it can be brilliant. And you could end up in two, three years time saying, wow, Arsenal got this guy for 40, 45 million pounds, maybe even 50 million pounds. If you're to believe some of the reports that have come out since with regards to Wolves' demands and you go, that was an absolute steal. But there isn't a guarantee that anybody, let alone Pedro Neto, that anybody fulfills their potential. There isn't a guarantee that anybody hits the levels that they show signs of potentially being able to reach. So as I always say, my famous old line, every transfer is a risk. And I just think right now, this is not the priority position for me. So maybe it's not even personal to Neto. Maybe it's not even as much of a doubt about Neto, but it's more of a doubt about whether this is a wise spend of the money. But then I've got that voice in the back of my head that says to me, but you should trust Mikel Arteta and Edu, and you should trust in their recent recruitment. And because of that, you should just give them the benefit of the doubt. And if I'm being completely honest, like I am more wanting to see Pedro Neto come in than him not coming in, of course, but I'd be lying and I wouldn't be being honest if I pretended that I thought, wow, this is 100% a transfer that Arsenal really need to do and one that is going to be groundbreaking, has the potential to be, but potential being the key word there. So I think as fans, we probably need to step back and say, you've recruited well over the last few years, you've earned the right for us to trust you. And so we will step back and we will let you get on with it and we'll support the player if indeed he does arrive and we'll give him our full backing as we should with anybody that comes in and wears the Arsenal shirt. But if I don't flag these red flags at least once, I won't be being honest. And this podcast is not built on me giving you company lines or giving you um, narratives that I think are the m most likely to get me a job, as some people <laughs> like to suggest quite often in the chat. So this this is my truth. You know, I, I think that there are some concerns around Pedro Neto. And again, we come back to the injury point, you know, injuries are something that has really impacted Arsenal over the years. I mean, how many top players have we brought into the club or players that we perceive to be top players and then gone, oh my God, if only he was fit, what a player he would have been. There's got to be a point where you have to be ruthless and that applies in your recruitment first and foremost. So, for example, you look at a player who carries a lot of risk in terms of injury, you need to be ruthless enough to... Make sure that you factor that in. It's easy to get carried away by someone's ability, by someone's potential, by what someone comes across as at their absolute best. But you have to consider the injury thing. You have to with anyone. Now, with Pedro Neto, he's just 22 years old, but he has already suffered a serious knee injury. Now, there's two sides to this. Some people will tell you, well, it's good that he got it out the way young because it was easier to recover. It's much easier to recover from a serious knee problem at 22 than it is at 32, for example. But the flip sides of that is that there may be a vulnerability in that part of his body. Some will say, and some are saying, that he's recovered very, very well from the knee problem that kept him out essentially from April 2021 until February 2022. How do you measure 
whether or not um, that recovery has been a solid enough recovery. Look, ultimately, the club will conduct thorough medical checks and a thorough medical analysis before parting ways with what we expect to be a big amount of money. But if that's not in the back of your mind, if you're pretending that that's not a thing, given the position we've been in as Arsenal fans over the years, I think you're lying to yourself. I think you have to have that in the back of your mind. And I think it has to be raised as a red flag. Look, it's like it's like a, a survey on a house that you're buying, right? You, things will come up. Things will be brought up that don't necessarily mean you're going to abandon the, the property and don't necessarily mean that you're not going to go through with the purchase. But they are things that you need to be aware of and they are things that you need to be mindful of. I remember when I bought my place, the survey came up with a couple of things. A couple of things that weren't deal breakers for me. Things that, you know, didn't tell me, oh, I need to pull out of this sale or this purchase. But things that did kind of get me thinking, get me thinking about solutions, get me thinking about the risk involved in what I was doing. And this is kind of similar. I'm surveying Pedro Neto. Not saying that we shouldn't buy him. I'm simply raising the red flags that I think anybody who's about to spend 40, 50 million pounds on something has to consider, has to think about. The injury is is one of them for me. And the other main one is, as I say, the outputs. Is Are they enough? You'd expect them to improve. You'd expect them to go up. Um when uh you know when he comes potentially to a bigger club and a better team but what i'm trying to say is that there are other wingers out there that have produced more outputs that in my opinion have earned that move more based on what they've done to date but again a lot of it is about potential and there are people at arsenal football club who will be doing their due diligence who will be doing their assessments their analysis and will have come to the decision seen as Arsenal clearly are trying to sign this player, that, um, you know, that he'd be a good fit. How likely is this to happen, though? Which is the next thing, the next question. Well, this is a club that demanded a deal worth, including add-ons, £42.5 million for Morgan Gibbs-White. £42.5 million. Wolves are not desperate by any stretch of the imagination. Wolves are not going to let him go cheap. And there are some reports, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on in the show, that Wolves are looking for in excess of £50 million to allow the player to go. Can Arsenal make that happen, given Nicolas Pepe is leaving the club, we think, on loan? Throughout the summer, we've been told that the acquisition of a winger was largely dependent on what was going to happen with Nicolas Pepe. And here we are with Nicolas Pepe seemingly getting closer, although it's not done yet, to a move to Nice and Arsenal's interest in Pedro Neto has stepped up a level. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Do Arsenal have the money or Arsenal willing to spend the money? Because one thing I think we've realised with Arsenal is that they are willing to be competitive in what they pay when they think a player is worth it. But I think the starting point for Arsenal when they go into these types of negotiations is to lay out what they believe to be the player's value to establish what they believe to be a fair price. And then they will make a decision as to whether to meet the club's demands based on that. You know, for example, if Arsenal value Pedro Neto at £40 million 
and Wolves value him at £45 million. Perhaps Arsenal will think, well, actually, it's worth that extra £5 million to get the deal done and get the player that we want. If Arsenal value him at £20 million and Wolves have him at £50 million, well, that's too big a bridge to gap. Too big a bridge... Too big a gap to bridge, my God. Uh, Monday morning, forgive me. So, yeah, that, that's where I'm at on this. I think he's a good player. I like parts of his game. I like things that he brings to the table based on what I've seen of him. I don't watch Wolves every week, but based on what I've seen, I think he's got potential. I think he's got ability. And I'm not against the signing. But I think there are two red flags with Pedro Neto it would be wrong to totally overlook. That's all I'm saying. That's my opinion on that. Going to quickly touch on uh, Yuri Tielemans as well. Um, then we are going to go over to Twitter and get some of you guys' reaction uh, to the Pedro Neto stuff. Just quickly on Yuri Tielemans, we've heard that Arsenal have been interested in him throughout the entirety of this transfer window, haven't we? It's been one of those stories that's rolled on and on and on and on. And I've said repeatedly that if Arsenal are going to get Yuri Tielemans, if Yuri Tielemans is going to essentially force a move away from Leicester City, he has to start playing the game from his side as well. And the fact that he was left out of the Leicester City side at the weekend against Southampton suggests that some conversation has taken place, suggests that something's gone down because Brendan Rodgers was very clear in saying that or suggesting at least, didn't mention Yuri by name, but obviously was asked about his omission from the side. He said, you know, <laughs> he, he said things are are not quite right mentally with those players. You know, they, they, they're, they're mentally not in the right place to be playing and starting for this team. And that's obviously because of the transfer speculation around them. Are Arsenal preparing a bid for Yuri Tielemans? Well, if you listen to some of the reports that have been floating around uh, on social media over the last 24, 48 hours, there is a suggestion that Arsenal are now prepared to go and table a bid for Yuri Tielemans, given his situation, given what's going on at Leicester City, believing that Arsenal could get a much better deal than they would have maybe three or four weeks ago when there was no noise really coming out of Tielemans' camp. And to be fair to them, they're still keeping it private. They've not come out publicly and said anything that they shouldn't really, I don't think. But the fact that he was left out the side today, one of their best players, a struggling Leicester City side at the moment, suggests to me that at the very least, a conversation has taken place behind the scenes in which the player has indicated his desire to leave and indicated that he wants to go before the window closes. So could Arsenal get that done? Now you're going to know, now you're going to find out how serious Arsenal's interest has been in Yuri Tielemans all along, because I've been confused by this. At times, I thought, yes, this is definitely one we're going to get done. And at other times, I thought, well, why haven't we done it yet then? If we are so keen on the player, the opportunity is there. It's screaming at us. Why haven't we taken it? So we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see on this one. But it's one to keep your eye on, certainly, for the last eight, nine days, ten days, I beg your pardon, of the transfer window that remain. OK, let's go over to Twitter uh, just quickly, and then I'm going to take a ton of your questions from the live chat. So if you've got any questions on Neto, on Tielemans, on anything Arsenal related, anything Premier League related, if you want as well, chuck them in the chat box now with a little cue at the beginning so that it makes it very easy for me to pick them out. But I just want to 
take your attention uh, over to my tweet regarding the Pedro Neto links, because there's been a lot of responses on there. And I'm just conscious that I don't always refer back to Twitter responses as much as I should. Um, we will come to the YouTube chat box as well, of course. Um, but let's let's just quickly have a look through uh, some of these and see what how you guys see it, what you guys are thinking about this. Let me just zoom in a little bit. Um, Errol says, top, top player, definitely a game changer. Kiri says he would be an excellent signing. Brad says, I think he's got great potential and would flourish under Arteta and his team. But Ornstein also states that Wolves don't want to sell, so it's going to be a huge fee. You can see this being another situation where Edu and the club don't want to spend the amount needed. Uh, Rick Star Arsenal says, I believe in Arteta and Edu, so if they think he's the right man, I believe it. Every signing we have made recently has been spot on. The recruitment drive is obviously working. So if they think Neto's the one, then brilliant. AFC Andy says, not getting my hopes up. Likely to be too much money. He does fit the profile, though. Uh, lots of you really sort of positive about the idea of signing uh, Pedro Neto. But a lot of you have that concern around the fee. And I guess this, I guess this really kind of stems from the fact that you know, the, the report does clearly state from David Onstein that Wolves aren't willing to sell at the moment. And that suggests that if they're not willing to sell, they're going to demand the highest fee possible. But I would always approach that type of narrative with caution. Even if they were open to selling him, even if they were open to raising some money through the sale of Pedro Neto, they would never say that publicly. Never. Because it automatically drives down the price. It automatically puts them in a weaker position from which they can negotiate. So there's no there's no reason, I don't think, to believe too much or read too much into that whole he's not for sale thing. Because I think most clubs, any club with any nous whatsoever in the transfer market would take the same position in the same stance. So I wouldn't stress too much about that. Um, just a bit of sad news uh, that I want to share with you guys before um, we continue and before we move on to take some of your questions. Um, a good friend of the show, uh, somebody that I had the pleasure of meeting at the live show that we did with uh, Lee Judges TV um, and Highbury Squad at the Hippodrome Casino in central London. Uh, Vinnie Eagle has sadly, sadly passed away. He lost his battle with cancer, um, unfortunately, and I just wanted to send my condolences to his friends and to his family who must be going through a really, really difficult time at the moment. Always um, very funny, always very positive, even in the difficult moments, um, even when he was going through a lot, you'd have you'd have never thought it because of how positive he was, what a character he was. And and I'm, I'm so grateful that I got to meet him um, at that event. So just wanted to um, to send my condolences to Vinny, to, his, uh, to Vinny's family, friends, etc., etc., um, an absolute legend among the Arsenal fan base. So uh, rest in peace, Vinny. Okay, um, let's go over to the chat. Let's get some of you guys' thoughts on uh, this one. Let's get some of your takes on today's rumours. Uh, Ian says, if we don't sign defensive midfield cover for Partey, do you think Ben White could do a job for us at DM? I shit you not, I had this conversation with my dad on Saturday when um, when we were watching the game. We were talking about the importance of Partey 
What happens in the event that we lose him? What happens in the event that he's unavailable? And we both came to the conclusion that actually Ben White would be possibly a better fit than some of the alternative midfield options that we have. He's physical enough. He's comfortable on the ball enough. I think he reads the game well enough to take up the right positions. Clearly has that defensive instinct, but also has the ability to progress the ball. So I think if we got to a point where, and touch wood, it doesn't happen, we were without Thomas Partey, we could put Tommy Asu in at right back. White and Saliba, uh, sorry, Gabriel and Saliba would be our centre-backs. And then, yeah, Ben White could step that bit further forward. And I think Arsenal thought about that when they signed him. Um, I'm not saying that they bought him to play primarily as a defensive midfielder, but we keep talking this summer about versatility and how high that is up Mikel Arteta's list. And actually, the more I think about this, the more I come to the realisation that actually this hasn't just been at the top of his list this summer. When you look at the signings he made last summer, when you think about the players he brought in, you know, Ben White, centre-back, right-back, defensive midfield. You think about Tomiyasu, right-back, centre-back, left centre-back. He's played left-back at times as well. There's always been this um, sort of want from Mikel Arteta to bring in players that can play in a multitude of positions. And so on that basis, I don't think Mikel Arteta would be against that particular idea. Um, so maybe, yeah, it's a, it's a good shout. It's a really good shout. Uh, Yomi says, uh, if Neto plays left wing for Wolves, would he be versatile enough to cover and challenge Saka for the right wing? Yeah, I, I, look, he's a left footed player and I actually think he's probably better playing from the right hand side. I know that Wolves play him in a certain way and that's what fits Wolves' system. But again, it's about versatility. I don't think Mikel Arteta is too concerned by the idea of um, which wing people play on. I think he'll look at them as wingers and whatever side they're reliant on or they're required to play on will be fine. There is an element of truth to the idea, though, that he prefers left footers on the right and right footers on the left. We've seen that based on his selection. So I'd imagine if he did come in, it would be to play primarily from the right wing. And as I said earlier on, I think he can play from the right. I think he can play from the left. I think he could even play in the hole behind the striker as well. So I don't have any concerns about that. Again, my only two red flags around Pedro Neto are A, are his outputs, have his outputs been big enough, significant enough to add the, and I quote Mikel Arteta, firepower that we still need and are still looking for. And is that knee injury going to be something that we end up having to contend with in the future? Hopefully, and for our sake and for the player's sake, no. Um, but the versatility thing, not not really an issue for me. Uh, Auntie Clockwise says, do you think Zinchenko as it is earmarked as additional cover in the middle when Tierney is fit? And that's why we're not purported to be in for any additional signings in the middle. Absolutely. He will have been brought in again with versatility um, in, in the boss's mind. However, can we trust Kieran Tierney to stay fit enough, long enough for Zinchenko to be used in that position effectively and for a long enough period of time. That's my concern around that one. Uh, Statue Scott says, if Arsenal get Neto, does he start ahead of Gabby or Saka? At the moment, he doesn't start ahead of Gabriel Martinelli for me. Not a chance. I think he's been one of Arsenal's best players in the first three weeks of the season. He's been superb. He's been effective. He's been energetic. He's produced output. Um, if one of them was going to be taken out of the team now for a bit of a breather and a bit of a shake-up, for me, it would be Bukayo Saka. 
But that's not to say that I don't rate him as a player and I don't think he can get back on track. I just think I've said it, you know, his performances have just been a touch underwhelming for me at the start of this new campaign. Not bad, just a a, a touch underwhelming. Ayush says that Harry properly gassed for this season. We're top of the league. If we don't win the treble this year, then I'll tether out. I don't think we'll sign Neto. He's no longer a mystery. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when it comes to Arsenal, you know, often the names that come out into the public domain are not necessarily the ones that we go out and sign. So you have to um, you have to think about that as well. You know, that does play in your mind too. Uh, what else have we got? Don Juan says he disagrees. He says he would start ahead of Gabby for him. Not for me. Not for me. Uh, going back to that point about Ben White playing at centre-back, Stephen says, is it worth trying White in a League Cup or Europa group stage game at defensive centre midfield? Again, it's not the worst idea in the world. Um, you know, to give him an option, to give him a go, get him accustomed to the position. I think most of that work, though, happens in training, if I'm honest. But yeah, it gives us an opportunity, gives us an opportunity, um, gives us an opportunity to try things out in games that we probably can still win, even at not 100%. So yeah, let's see. Let's see. Okay, um, I think, guys, I am going to leave it there. Uh, we'll probably be back with another stream later on today at some point. We'll probably look back at the weekend's football action because that's something I'm quite keen to do. There was a lot, again, to talk about, and we will do that, and we'll look back a little bit more on Arsenal's victory over Bournemouth in the process. But if I could just ask, if you haven't done so already, because there's over 600 of you watching us right now across the multiple platforms, please do leave us a review uh on uh apple podcasts or whatever audio platform it is that you tune in from but if you are on youtube leave us a like and leave us a subscribe it really really does help more than you will know uh so please do leave a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're new leave your thoughts if you're watching this back later in the comments and i'll be back very soon with more arsenal and football talk until then take care of yourselves have a great monday goodbye I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.